Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. So yeah, as Josh said, my name is Rainer and my wife Kaz is our honour and privilege to tag team today and to bring the word. And yeah, the church plant, we're just going through a lot of the preparation stages. You know, we're looking at venues, looking at strategic places that we can be. Kaz is looking to be a chaplain in a local school. God gave me a job at Fiona Stanley Hospital in the south, just a godsend there. By day, I'm a medical scientist. By night, I'll be a pastor. No, but, <laughs> but um, look, God is good. And when things happen, things happen very quickly. Uh, we're being mentored by um, Josh and the elders, really helping out. Um, and thank you for releasing us. Look, we're not leaving, okay? People are like, you're leaving us. Look, we're not leaving. We're just being sent out by God. We're still connected. So, yeah, bring your passports when you come south. Uh, make sure you eat all your fruit and vegetables before you come down there. Or you can swim the ditch and you come over. No, no. But um, let's just pray. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you, Lord God, that you are the one that triumphs, Lord God. Lord, death has no sting, Lord God. Fear has no sting, Lord God. And Lord, as we've heard this morning, Lord, about the many... Men and women of faith, Lord God, have trusted you. And Lord, you have been faithful and true, Lord God. And what you have said, you have brought to pass, Lord God. Lord, we entrust our lives to you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place, Lord God. We thank you and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right. So today, the message that we're tag teaming today is faith over fear. So, why don't you guys just close your eyes? Just close your eyes. And just focus. The fire's going out there, but the Holy Spirit fire just never goes out. So, just focus now. And I want you to think what is your deepest fear? What is that fear that when you think about that, you suddenly need to go to the toilet? <laughs> don't go to the toilet right now. But just think about what is your number one fear? Uh, one of my Open your eyes again. One of my colleagues asked me, oh, what are you doing this weekend? I said, oh, actually, I'm preparing the, to give a word at church. And uh, he's like, oh, okay. That's like my number one fear is like public speaking. So like, good luck to you. So Ian, if you're watching, good to see you. <laughs> and, uh, but look, okay, I'm done here then. That's number one fear. That's it. Okay, see you guys. No, look, God conquers fear. God conquered the grave. And we thank him for it. And look, I just want to share about myself. Look, my childhood, it looked good, but it was ruled by fear. Everything, it, wasn't, it looked like love, but when it's conditional love, it's not really love, okay? And that's how I grew up then. I mean, love was withheld. I grew up with a lot of fear, a fear of rejection, you know, that oh, at any moment I could be kicked out of the family. But thank God for God's family that we are all accepted. Look, just even the thought of getting told off, okay? My hands would start to shake. My heart rate would start to race. Um, and I just could not stand confrontation. I'd be in tears. And 
that's how I lived. I was a slave and I was a prisoner of fear. And it was just something that I couldn't control and I was ashamed of that. I was like, man, how come I'm like this? How come other people aren't like this? Um, I got told, oh, that's just you. Okay? And I'm like, okay, that's just me. And I blame myself. I chose to believe those lies. Um, look, it was a story I wanted to share about coming of age. When you turn 13, you're no longer a kid, but you don't actually realise what's actually happened. And I went to Target, and um, there was a toy section, because you're 12 and you're still interested in toys and stuff. And I remember I picked up a toy on the end of the aisle, and there was some basket there holding up all the toys. Put it back, didn't think about it, walked down the next aisle, and then about 15 seconds later, let's make it a minute, let's make it a minute later, <laughs> that whole basket just fell to the ground and crashed. All the toys spilled out there. I went around the corner, I was like, ah. Oh. And then some worker from my like ages away just pointed at me and started yelling abuse at me. How dare you? I saw you push that basket over there. And I was just like so taken aback. I just went straight into that fear mode. And I was like, look, I didn't do it. And she said, don't you lie to me. I'll go get the security footage. You go pick them all up. So I just wanted to get out of there. And the fastest way was to pick up all those toys, put it in there, and head straight out. So I did that while she was uttering curses at me while I was doing it. And I left that store and I went, oh my God, I should have just gone, look, go and get the security footage. You owe me an apology. But I was not used to that because I'd always been told, don't you dare question authority. Don't you ever like speak up against that. Um, and I remember thinking, that day my childhood was over. No. <laughs> you probably think, what's the take home message there? Don't go to Target, Kmart's better. No, no, it's not that, it's not that, okay. <laughs> that day it's like look being a teenager and being a boy really sucks because when everything, anything random happens you get the blame for it am I right guys oh my god maybe you need to have like a GoPro just to like you know make sure that you got some evidence there so how do we move from being a slave to fear to then walking by faith and being free in that so Let's have a look in the Bible. Thank, thank you, God, for the word. So 2 Samuel 23, verses 11 to 12. 2 Samuel 23, 11 to 12. So this is the recount of Shammah. You might not have heard of Shammah, a man who lived by faith. So it reads, And after him was Shammah, the son of Aji, the Hararite. The Philistines had gathered together into a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. So Shammah, who was he? There's not a lot that's there. Um, he was one of King David's mighty men. So in Samuel, this book of Samuel, King David's on his deathbed and he's just going through all the recount of what's happened in his kingdom and in a way he's kind of thanking the guys that got him there. So these mighty men, there's about 30-ish mighty men and out of these, there were three guys that were just the most hardcore. In fact, there was another lot of three. But anyway, there were three guys and Shammah was one of these three. What does his name mean? Well, back then it's kind of a typical guy's name. 
Uh, but the root word, shamaim, means desert or place of desolation. So nothing is growing there. No one is around there. It's just a barren place there. Um, when did this occur? It's not really specific, but it was likely that when King Saul was still in reign and they were just having a lot of problems with the Philistines, who were their rulers at the time, and the Israelites who were their slaves. Now, the Philistines were like, look, we don't want any trouble from these guys. All the blacksmiths in the land are banned. They cannot have any blacksmiths because they're going to forge weapons of warfare and rise up against us. So, put yourself in Shammah's situation. So you have a young person, no special lineage, highly likely not even to have a sword. Back then, only King Saul and Jonathan had, had swords. Everyone else just kind of like sharpened their pruning hooks and stuff and made do with what they had. Um, look, he might have been part of the resistance fighters back then. Um, it just says the people there. And you're going up against the Philistines. They're well kit out. They're well-oiled machine. They know exactly what they're doing, and they're used to getting their way. So when everyone else ran, what made Shammah turn back and stop from running there? It would have been so easy to run. If he was in the fighting force, his commander's already packed up and left. He's had enough. Why did Shammah stay? Okay, putting on... Thinking of my rational brain here, it's outnumbered, fighting a much superior fighting force. They are battle-hardened, and look, it's just lentils, okay? Sorry for all the vegans and vegetarians there, it's just lentils. It's not like there's like a town or something he's trying to defend, or it's a herd of cattle or goats or anything like that. It's just lentils. Why? Why did he stay there? Chances of success, look, next to nil, okay? Nothing. Let's just say it, there's nothing. Maybe he stayed to give people time to flee. Maybe he's like, look, some people there, old Joe, he's hobbling around, he's not going to be able to get out in time, I'm just going to stand my ground and make my stand there. Maybe he had enough of running. See, like his whole life, he's probably been on the run. Back then, they named people according to the tough times that they went through. You think back to earlier in Samuel when um, the Israelites lost the ark. Then one of the priest's sons, the mother when giving birth, named his son Ichabod, that the glory has departed. You know, maybe he's just sick of like, you know what, I've been called desolate my whole life. That's enough. Look, finally we got a bit of something to grow and it's worth fighting for. And look, maybe from the rational side, I'm like, look, maybe... 20 kilos of goat versus 20 kilos of lentils. You probably take 20 kilos of lentils, you know. And back then, um, Shammah was probably hiding out with David at a later point there. You don't want the, gloat, the, the goats giving you away, you know, and keeping them sh uh, shut up there um, and straying away. So you probably take lentils. I'm sure that um, later, you know, when all the... Warriors are eating together and they're complaining about their lentils. I'm sure he just kind of stood over them and said, you, you better eat all your lentils. You know? <laughs> I fought half of those lentils, all right? Look, was he kamikaze? Well, I don't believe so. It's not like he exactly just threw himself at the Philistines there. But he was very strategic in the way that he, he stood there. He stood and he waited for them 
and he was ready. Look, he probably didn't have a sword, as I've explained with the circumstances there, but why did David want to include his account? He's going through his 30-ish warriors there. He goes, oh no, hang on, hang on. I've got to say something about Shammah, okay? Maybe David saw a little bit about himself in Shammah. Maybe he saw that, look, once upon a time, I was just a young shepherd boy. I didn't have any weapons of warfare. I didn't have all the armour, and I went up against a superior opponent, a giant of a man, which Kaz will actually talk about a bit later about giants. And everyone else was terrified. No one wanted to go. There were people that were better equipped, but he had a word from God. And David identified that God had told Shammah to stand his ground and that there would be a great victory. So standing your ground, it kind of seems like a common theme. So when you think to the New Testament, Ephesians 6, when it talks about the armour of God, and when you think about verse 13, which says, Therefore, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. God has called us to stand our ground. And the enemy, he can go flee. You want to come against us? I'm built on the rock. As Josh said today, you want to take me on? You take on my God too. Man, instead of going from a rational point of view of 0% chance, you go on to 100% chance whenever God is involved in that. Shammah stood there and goes, look, there's no chance that the enemy's going to win today. Look, I might just have my little pitchfork from farming or whatever like that, but the, this weapon here, my God can do it. Look, look what Samson did with a jawbone. So, Shammah drew strength from his faith in God. And as it says, God brought about a great victory single-handedly, all by himself. Shammah's like, come on, guys, let's stand. Everyone had gone. And he's like, look, God, I trust you. I'm going to stand here and you're going to bring about a great victory. So how do we move to have faith over fear? Number one, you need to ask God. As Josh said today, look, you can't do it in your own strength. And you're not meant to do life on your own. God's not like, all right, off you go. He is to go with us. And you need to be filled and led by the Holy Spirit. David recognised that Shammah won the victory not by his own strength, but by strength in God given by him and actually in faith trusting God for the victory. Make the first move towards God. Look, God's a gentleman, okay? He's not going to force himself on you. And you know what? That's not love, okay? It's up to each and every one of us to actually to trust him and go, God, Come into my life. God, speak to me. I want to know you. In Romans 12, 1 to 2, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Or another version, the ESV, puts it like this. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, 
which is your spiritual worship. And Josh just mentioned today about it's actually spiritually how God actually heals us and sets us free from fear. So presenting ourselves, our bodies, as an act of spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we need to ask God to renew our minds and to have the mind of Christ, to have his perspective. Number two, you need to know the truth. You need to know your Bible. Why? We are limited by the lies that other people tell us. I was limited by people saying, it is your fault. That's why you're like that. No, you can't change that. And I was brought up that way just as a means of control. Why? Because they were scared. And they wanted me to do what they wanted me to do, whatever that was. We're limited by the lies that we tell us as ourselves as well. Sometimes we can kind of just go through the motions and kind of do the religious thing to kind of hide away from actually doing what God's actually stirring up in us because we're afraid. And also the lies from the enemy as well. Look, guys, can I just give you a piece of advice? If the enemy tells you to do something or say that you're something, believe the total opposite. He's the father of lies. If he says that you're not good enough, take courage. You go, oh, man, I must be a threat. You know what? Ah, do you know what? Thank you for that. That's an encouragement. Thank you so much. And just make him mad that way because he is the father of lies. Okay? Don't listen to him at all. Okay? Don't get sucked in. You need to know who you are in Christ. Your authority as a son or daughter of the Most High God and what promises he has given to us. And that is unlocked through faith, okay? It's not like it's already happened and then we trust him. You've got to step out. You've got to stand in your field, beckon the enemy to come, and you will see the victory through that. So, John 8, 31 to 32 says, Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Believe the truth about who he is and what he has done, and he will do. Look, he's got a pretty good track record, okay? But sooner or later, you're going to come across, you're going to have your own shammer moment, where it's just going to be you and God, and you're going to stand for him. But do you know what? Put your trust in him. You are never alone. He is always there with you. Three, you need to obey. Oh, that's a tough one for Aussies. You know, we're, we're so happy that, okay, thank you, God. You can be our saviour. But to obey, to be our Lord, oh, man, that, that hits hard. We want to be independent. We want to be an individual. Look, Bible says don't be conformed to this world. Enemy wants to isolate and destroy. It's a total lie, okay? Don't listen. We are made to be hot coals and made to be together and made to be filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? Um, keep on, then just keep on obeying. Once you obey, just keep on obeying and stepping out in faith. Look, put the truth to the test. God, you said in your word that it's this. All right, I'm going to stand on that, and I'm going to see the victory come through. Nadia spoke 
a um, couple of weeks ago about stepping out of the boat, having the faith to do that. In James 2, verse 17, it says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. Guys, it's not enough just to believe. It's not enough just to go, okay, yep, I'm a Christian, but you know, I don't actually do anything. God will call you to do something. And just be ready. Just chew and go of the Holy Spirit. Don't jump the gun. Just walk hand in hand, step in step with him. It's not enough to believe. Verse 19 says, even the demons believe and they tremble. It's not enough. We've got to act. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Guys, trust and obey him. Look, it's going to be a journey. You know, as Josie read today, that come on, just throw off all restraint and just trust him on this journey. So, back to my life. Did I remain a prisoner of fear? Look, around the same kind of time, I just wanted to know God for myself. Okay, look, does he really look like that? He looks a little bit white in the pictures there. I thought he's supposed to be Middle Eastern. You know, I thought these guys supposed to be pretty hairy, you know? He looks kind of, he must have had a wax or something like that. He doesn't have much on him there. Looks a little bit ranger. Look. <laughs> Look, however he's betrayed, just know that there was nothing beautiful about his, uh, his appearance that drew people to him, but people knew that he was God without a shadow of a doubt. People just knew that, Look, this is him. And look, it's not just the Bible that attests to him. There are historical records from other civilizations, from the, the Romans, from the Greeks, that testify about this man, Jesus, that died and rose again. Okay? I really wanted a relationship with God. I didn't want to just do church and do religion. I wanted this relationship with him. And as a teenager, I cried out to God to take away that fear response, to take away that fear, to set me free from that. And God did set me free, and he renewed my mind. Um, do I still get scared? Yeah, but it's not my master. My God is my master. And in those times, I'm like, Lord, I know that in my weakness, let that be my greatest strength. In that time, let me trust in you that you will come through for me. And Lord, you've done it before. And I remind myself all the times that God has come through for me. So Lord, you did it before. I'm going to turn off that rational part of my brain and I'm just going to live and walk through my spirit man. Look, this is just my shell, okay? But we are all spiritual beings. We just can't see it in the natural. But we are eternal beings. Just as God spoke and breathed life into us, um, we are spirit beings just like him. So he reminded me of my own shammer moment. Um, so later in my 20s, God had spoken to me about starting a university Christian ministry at UWA. Now, who knows that universities aren't the most friendly places towards Christians, that they can be quite hostile. So we got to the point where we kind of grew enough, but we needed to become guild club affiliated with the student body in order to continue hiring out rooms. By faith, we, did, we didn't have enough people. We needed at least 20 people to sign up. And we're like, look, we're just going to go for it. God's just going to make a way. And everyone's excited. And the day came. And I'm like, okay, cool. Where is everyone? Okay, get on the phone. And the ones that I could get a hold of, they were like, 
uh, I don't know, I've kind of got like a Bible study to do, so I can't make it, but you'll do great. So I'm like, okay, God, it's just me. What am I going to do? Lord, you said that you sent people like two by two. I don't even have a buddy to be with me to have my back. God, oh, that's it. Sorry, God. Maybe technically I don't have to do it since it's just me. But I just felt then that just a surge of love, you know, my love for my God, the love reciprocated back again. Look, if he can go on the cross and die for me, I can go into the hostile territory there. Plus, I've got Jesus. I can heal from whatever words that they'll say. And I just went, God, I'm just going to trust you for the words to say. The only advice I got given was, all right, make sure that you mention it's a Pentecostal group because there are other you know, Christian groups on campus and stuff and mention the Holy Spirit. All right, mate, off you go. See ya. You know? And I'm like, okay, cool, great plan. So I walk in. Imagine, okay, imagine this. You walk in and it's not at, it's not at eye level. It's, they're looking down on you, right? You know? So you can imagine it's like a gladiator coliseum. Okay, not quite. Not quite, okay? I'm not going to get torn to shreds and stuff, you know? But they're looking down. There's like 50 to 60 people there. They're kind of sitting back and oh, rolling their eyes. What is this? Another Christian club? What is going on? They're, they're, in their minds, they've really dismissed whatever I have to say. And I just went, all right, God, here I am. Lord, speak through me. And as I opened my mouth, just the words just began to flow. And the Holy Spirit delivered a message to them that they could relate to. And long story short, God performed a miracle today. And we got guild affiliated and we were able to reach so many more students on campus there and to be a part of the team there. So, people, it is your God-given inheritance to take this up. Please do not get ripped off and live in fear. The world wants you to live in fear. God has called you to live by faith. So, God wants you to be set free too, but you need to make the first move. Okay, that is crucial. Okay, don't be passive about that. Take him on. Okay, it says in Jeremiah 29, I think 13, that draw near to me and I will draw near to you. Hold him to that promise and he'll come through for you. Guys, there'll be an opportunity at the end to do so. But in the meantime, I'd like to invite my wife, Kaz, to come to the stage. She's going to continue to share about the mindsets um, of fear and to move from uh, faith and having that, moving from faith, um, from fear to faith. Thank you. Wow. You know, I didn't marry him for his good looks, right? I married him because he was a man of faith and he lives it. He doesn't just preach it, he lives it. And everything that he shared is just an inspiration. That was a great word. Right, okay, let's do this. Now, kids, before I start, have you been taking notes? Because Uncle Gary does have chocolate again. So, who's got, who's got, a, pa- who's got a colouring paper? Just wave it to me, kids. It's all right. Okay, so you could just mention all the notes and what we've been speaking today. But it's great to ha- be here and it's great to actually minister with my husband today and it's great to have you here. Well, I want to talk about, we're talking about faith over fear 
And it's something that I also had to break in my life. And I think we all can relate that we all have, we carry an element of fear in our lives when we're having something new. When, I, when we announced the church plant that Tuesday morning, I woke up 2 a.m. in the morning and I had a panic attack. And I went, what have I done? What have I done? What have I told Pastor Josh? What I told I was, oh my gosh, God, can I take it back? Can I take it back? I can't do this. And it was almost like, oh my gosh. I'm out of the boat. Raina, we can't do this. No, we can't do this. We're so comfortable here. And it was just almost like the Holy Spirit just told me, shh, I've got you. And I just put worship on and I just relaxed because doing something new takes an element of faith. Amen? And I'm, and I'm sure that you're experiencing your life. So I'm just going to go straight into it. Um, so another group of people that I want to share on today is a group of people that actually got stuck in their fear and couldn't comprehend that God was taking them into a new place, right? We can all relate. Who's been asked to do something, but you're so stuck in your ways, you're so stuck in the past, you're so stuck in your mindset that you cannot possibly know that this, is this God or is it me or do I have permission or do I need someone's approval? Well, sometimes the picture in our mind sometimes tricks us in believing things that are not true. And I want to talk to you about the Israelites. Over 600,000 Israelites were delivered from bondage in Egypt, right? We all know that story. They wandered around for years in the wilderness, anticipating to go into the promised land, which the Bible describes like the South, milk and honey. So <laughs> Moses chose 12 men, one from each tribe, and you can actually read this in Numbers 13 too. They sent out 12 spies in the, into the land to check it out. So there was 12 of them checking out the land. It's like when you're going to want to build a new home or buy a new home, you go check out the land. They searched from the south to the north, and it was about a distance of 250 miles. And they were out, they were in the land for 40 days. Now, I want to take you to the scripture today that gives us a report from these spies. If you can open up your Bibles to Numbers 13, verse 32 and 33. But the other men who explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go against him. This is the, this is the spies coming back with the report. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we travel through and explored will devour anyone who lives, who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. And that's what they thought too. We see in the last verse, I want you to focus on the last verse. It says, next to them we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. Now, with these words, 10 of the 12 spies gave this report to Moses, and the Bible says, and to the congregation. They gave them this report. Can you imagine them coming back it's like you're going to give a report to your boss at work how many of you guys sometimes go with fear trembling like oh my gosh no josh i don't do that to you but 
<laughs> but you can imagine the terror in their voices. After 40 days exploring the possibility of what God has for them, they come back frightened, they come back overwhelmed, they come back like convinced that God, what promise have you sent us? There are giants in the land and you have caused us to fail. What are you doing with us, God? No, God, we can't do this. We'd rather go back to Egypt. We'd rather go back to slavery. We'd rather be oppressed. We'd rather worship false gods than to trust you with a new promise. Only two spies, Joshua and Caleb, gave a good report. Interesting that we can be all in the same place, but we can have a different outlook, right? These 10 spies suffer from having a grasshopper mentality. That's what I want to talk to you about today. What is a grasshopper mentality? When we walk by sight and not by faith. When we see ourselves not moving forward in our purpose because of our wrong identity, you know, some people might be telling us some stuff, our past experience, our circumstances, our low self-esteem. You know, our trauma can keep us held back. Our fear can hold us back. Our unbelief and our failure to trust God are all contributing factors into having a grasshopper mentality. Now, let me give you a fun fact about a grasshopper. grasshoppers. They rub their legs together to make chirpy sounds. Have you seen in the movies where you, when things go quiet, you hear the chirping sounds? One interesting fact is that they have ears on their bellies. This allows them to feel the vibrations of other grasshoppers. As a result, they respond to the chirps of other grasshoppers and do what they want to do. They stay in large groups, they have no purpose, they can't think for themselves, and they eat their own. <laughs> right? So the 10 spies gave this report and began to make sounds. You know, they didn't have, they, they weren't thinking too much when they actually started verbalizing what they saw in the land. And before long, there was a lot of chirping happening in the camp, right? Have you ever noticed this before? Where one or two people start to be negative? And then another group of grasshoppers come together and there's a lot of chirping going along. Chirp, chirp, chirp. I don't know how they sound, but sorry, couldn't get it. <laughs> Might have sounded like a chicken there, but we, we have to overcome the grasshopper mentality of seeing things through our own eyes. Just because you don't agree with what I'm going to do doesn't make it wrong. Because end of the day, I'm not waiting for an opinion from anyone. I have to trust God in what God has told us to do. In order to overcome fear, we must replace with a faith-like mentality. And we need to stop just saying it. We need to start believing and take hold of it and start applying. You know, it's really sad when I was reading about the Israelites they were actually about 30 k's from the promised land. How sad is that? They were so near, yet so far with their mindset. They just walked around the desert in circles for 40 years, and only two of them entered into the promised land at the end, and the rest died in the desert. Why? Because they allowed their fears 
and their excuses to get the better of them. How many of us are allowing fear and excuses to hold us, hold you back right now? Many of us think, many of us think like this. Fear controls our lives. Fear of being caught, fear of failure, fear of people, fear of the past, fear of letting go, fear of starting something new as we spoke. But the Bible says in Isaiah 41.10, and I love this. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. That gets an amen right there. Because that is his promise to you, that he is with you. So let me just quickly just share two points about the grasshopper. One of the grasshopper qualities demonstrated in Numbers 13, verse 26 to 28. And you can read that later. The first thing that you notice is that there was a critical and disbelieving mindset. And we, it's all, we're all prone to that. It starts with, listen, but the people living there are powerful. How many of us, when God asks us to do something, we go, yeah, that's a great idea, God, but. The spies brought a confusing report. Listen, they did what they were supposed to do. Moses sent them out, give me a report. So they, had, they made an observation about, they're like, yeah, God, it's really good. Guess what? It's got fruit. It's got milk. It's got honey. But there's giants in the land. And of course, they would have confused the camp because they did not come back with the right spirit. Their attitudes were wrong. A negative person doesn't believe anything good can come out of the situation. They're always looking for an excuse not to try. Come on, people. We're, in a, we're in, a, in a faith realm right now where we're coming up to the faith offering. And that's a time where we've got to stop making excuses, as Pastor Josh said today. We've got to try. Our nation needs Jesus. Our community needs Jesus. Our families need Jesus. Jesus is the hope for this nation, for this world. We have to try, church. Christians, we have to start trying. Another grasshopper quality demonstrated was doubt. Doubt's a big one. We're all human. We all have those emotions. God gave us emotions. God gave us feelings. And we have doubts. The ten spies doubted the word of God. The promise is clearly found um, when God says, look, I'm giving you all this land to you. Go in and occupy it, for it is the land that the Lord swore to, to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to all the descendants. That's a promise from the Lord right there that he was going to give the land. Yet, I don't understand why they were afraid why they were afraid to actually trust God, but they allowed their fear to disqualify, disqualify them from entering into the promised land. Be careful of doubt casters in your life. Be careful who you share your dreams with. 
Because the minute that you share your dream with a doubt caster, they'll put a dark cloud over it and it brings you confusion. You've got to start hanging out with people who have faith, radical faith, faith that will just be like, hey, calm down. (laughs) But you need those kind of people in your life. So you've got to be careful of doubt casters. In verse 32, they said, they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. So their negative report turned others to be doubters. And doubt casters can cause damage. We see that. As soon as a doubt caster starts spreading negativity, then they make others believe the same report. They begin with, I can't, and they overstate the truth. How many excuses can we come up as Christians? I can't serve God. I'm too busy. I can't do this because I've got this, this and that. Listen, God created time. (laughs) He knows. He knows what time is. I can't serve you, God, because it's not the right opportunity. We make so much excuses. One of the most damaging things to a church in a relationship is doubt casters. Be someone who speaks faith, who lives faith, who prophesies faith, prophesies life into a situation. See, when division happens in churches because of lack of faith and there's doubt cast, the devil is pleased because he's fulfilling his mission of killing, stealing and destroying the church as mentioned in John 10.10. Let's not give him any more rights. Let's start to build up faith in this place. We're all guilty of it. Unbelief always sees the obstacles, but faith sees the opportunities. Come the 6th of August, there's an opportunity to act out in faith like never before. You might not see, see where the seed goes, but you will see how it grows. You will see it. So in order to break the grasshopper mindset, we need to get rid of the limitations. We need to stop seeing yourself as a grasshopper. So what if there's giants? So what? Caleb, he had a victorious attitude. He was like in Numbers 13, 30. He said, let's go at once and take the land, he said. We can certainly conquer it. Where are the Caleb's in this generation? Where are the Joshua's in this generation that will rise up and take back what the enemy has stolen? Take back our land. We're going to stop you saying, oh, I feel so sad what I'm hearing on the news. Do something about it. Stand in faith. Be assured that God has sent you. Be confident that you are God's child and you have the authority and the power to do something about it. Have a fearless and victorious mindset. Do not act like a grasshopper. Don't look at how many numbers they've got because guess what? Israelites had more numbers. If they actually, actually trusted firstly their God and their leader Moses, they would have understood that they had more numbers than the land that they were possessing. They could have conquered it. Remember, giants... They might be strong, they might be tall, they make a bigger target, but so what? You know, I play basketball, right? 
grasshopper chirping. I can hear it right now. I can. <laughs> My boys will always tell me, stop going after the tall guys. You're going to get hurt. No, mate, because they're easy targets. I had a strategy in one game. These guys were blocking me. Two of us little ones went around him and we got him. We won the game that day. You know why? Because I had a fierce attitude. That giant, you are coming down. You ain't blocking me anymore. I know my boys are like eye rolling right now. But they know. They say, don't get hurt. No, 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 no. It's okay. God is with me. I can do this. (laughs) So what report are you believing right now? Are you believing the doubt casters? Or you're going to believe what God is saying. Rely on God's report. I don't know what the doctors have told you. I don't know what your past has told you. I don't even know what your parents are telling you, what your spouse is telling you, or what even your boss is telling you. But you have to stand on God's report. Bad reports cause us to stumble and lose hope. They They distract us. They cause us to run. They oppress us, they depress us. Don't allow those crippling noises in your head to become bigger than God's voice. Let's start to declare the good news with a good word. Promised Land Church is waiting for you. The Promised Land is here. See it, believe it, claim it. Face your giant with confidence. Be like a Caleb. Show bravery. Show courage. Go. Go with God and possess what God has already promised. You have dreams in your heart right now. I I just sense that people have dreams. And you're sitting on it waiting for permission. You're waiting for someone to say, yep, you go. You're not going to get their permission, but you have God's permission. If God has said it, let it be so. He is with you. Now, go slay your giant. If that's your past, if that's your trauma, if that's something that you're scared of some particular person or you're scared to do something new or start a new business or even get married, whatever it is, go slay your giant. Go face it. Go conquer it. God is with you. If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen? So... Are you going to think like a grasshopper or a child of the king? God has given you your own mind. Don't harangue, don't, you know. I always say, we have a saying in our prayer group, follow the cloud and not the crowd. Not the eye cloud, the cloud that is stated in numbers. Follow the cloud. He will never forsake you nor leave you. He will take you to your destination. I'm just going to end here. Did you want to come up? And I just want to do a simple prayer with you. Just everyone, eyes closed right now. And if that's you today and you felt like You've been limited or restricted and you've been seeing yourself as a grasshopper and you've never seen yourself as someone that could conquer or could overcome or can be victorious because you've been defined what people have said to you or been limited or bound up. Today, I want to pray for release over you. And for those who don't know Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity. If you've been doing life on your own and you've been stuck in your ways and an old mindset, an old white skin for so long and you've been fearing to, to 
move forward. I just pray, pray today that you know Jesus, that you can understand that he wants to take you from fear to faith today. He wants you to overcome. He wants you to be victorious. He's created you to be victorious. And if that's you this morning and you just want to say, you know what? I can't do this life on my own. I need Jesus. I need his strength. I need his help to help me not fear any longer. I don't want to live my life fear, fearful. Just put up your hand and just say, here I am, Jesus. Help me. Help me to live by faith. Just going to give you a try chance just a few moments thank you Lord I just want to pray dear Lord I just pray Lord Father Lord Psalm 27 1 says the Lord is my light my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the strength of my life of whom shall I be afraid Lord help us to see you ahead help us to hear your voice help us to know your word help us to take a step towards you help us to be brave and courageous Lord guide our feet and take control of our lives give us the strength to move forward Lord that we may not walk towards you, not run away from you. And Father, even though our heart resists, Lord, just help us to break down every barrier, every mindset. Help us to slay that giant in our lives. We pray through the blood of Jesus. We rebuke every spirit of lies that will be make us afraid of you and your promises. Evict those dark thoughts, them objects from our hearts and souls that we may live not in fear. And we just thank you for your promises today, that today we have overcome fear and we now walk in faith. And we thank you for everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.